Oh, good, fast, and cheap. So you can have it, uh, you can have two of the three. You can't have all three. So you can have it good and fast, but it won't be cheap. You can have it cheap and fast, but it won't be good. And you can have cheap and good, but it won't be fast. And it, I mean, that's, that's accurate from really any human endeavor because uh, it's just, it's, it's a process. You can't, I mean, very, very few people can sit down and do something of high quality very fast. And even then, if they can, the years that took them of that experience to get there is worth something. But yeah, that triangle is probably the one that people are learning the most about, but uh, probably still have the hardest time uh, living by with a good, fast, and cheap. Welcome to Making It in Asheville, a podcast where you get to hear the stories behind some of your favorite artists and businesses in town. Each episode, we interview a local Ashevillian and we work to uncover how they are making it in Asheville and provide you with actionable insights from each conversation. And we're your hosts. I was Sarah and I'm Tony. And that was a weird squeak. (laughs) Something something happened with my mouth. Uh, That was Sarah. I'm Tony. (laughs) And we're a husband and wife team that moved to Asheville in May of 2019. Since then, we set out to answer one question. How does one make it in Asheville? Uh, We came without jobs, and we decided to record conversations with people who, in our opinion, are making it in Asheville. This podcast is powered by our very own marketing business called Making It Creative. We help passionate business owners develop meaningful storytelling to grow their audience and more effectively convert them into customers yes. and that's a uh that is a very special skill i guess and so we uh we take it seriously we have a lot of fun though and we enjoy having conversations with business owners uh whether it's on the podcast or not this conversation this episode was with miles alexander uh, owner of form and function architecture among uh a number of other businesses, but we talked mostly about form and function today. And what a absolute blast of a guest, of a interview, of a entire conversation. I think I was smiling the whole time. Yeah, Miles is a character. Like he's he is a special person that immediately when you talk to him, it's kinda hard not to laugh. Not at not, not, not like at not him. at him. With him, <laughs> with, obviously. Um he just him. has like this he just brings this positive energy and is just so down to earth about life in many ways Mm -hmm. I found um anyways he's just he's just a sweet sweet guy so there's it's funny so uh Miles as a architect has done some absolutely fantastic work in town uh looking at the screen we have uh Smoky Park Supper Club which is uh let's say most famous because it's unorthodox it is shipping containers but he's done a number of places in town like sarah do you remember them off the top of your head i we're not even going to attempt to but he's worked on a lot of buncombe county schools which i think is pretty notable um a lot of public spaces and then some restaurants too i think the whale and Mm -hmm. the golden pineapple are two other places that stick out in my mind anyways we've we've listed them in the show notes if you're curious to learn more about the work that he's done um but and one thing that i'll highlight from the conversation which i think is meaningful and thoughtful is that he identifies as this architect he loves solving the problem of design space and and creating for clients and as a savvy business person and entrepreneur uh, I thought that the balance of public work private work and like residential work 
uh, is really remarkable. And it allows him to kind of ride through any of the darker times, especially now that he's over 10 years into the business. But um, I like because there's this there's this balance between being niche and like having a specific thing that you're really great at. Um, and then also having enough diversification so that if one industry or another is all of a sudden like a credit crunch and a, a little bit of a, a spending hold, you have other parts of your business that can drive revenue for you. Yeah. So we talk a lot about how Miles got where he is today, owning his own architecture firm in downtown Asheville. Mm -hmm. At least the office is located there. Um, We talk a lot about his struggles, financial problems that he's gone through in the past, uh, other types of work that he's done, including uh, trout, Trout fishing and canning, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So he's... He's not just an architect. Let's just put it that way. He's a man of many trades. Yeah, one of the things he, he says, and and it's f- fun to have more context on it that we got from the podcast itself, was that um, he is decidedly not your standard architect, and, that, and he's built not your standard architectural firm. And so all of that experience and creativity and, uh, I think, funny rawness that he walks around with every day shows up in the podcast, and it's just, uh, as fun as it is, it's meaningful. There's a lot of, like, really powerful stuff. So Sarah talked about financial troubles. He opened a architecture firm in the height of the Great Recession. Uh, what a I- not ideal time to, you know, start a business that, in a lot of ways, can be um, optional. Yeah. So, um, yeah. anyway, so, the... Without- the yeah, without further, further ado, ado, this episode <laughs> is uh, is a great one. Please guaranteed, enjoy. guaranteed to giggle. That's all I'm gonna say. The well, last thing we were for sure. <laughs> so, uh, episode thirty nine with Miles Alexander, Foreman Function. Please enjoy. So one of the questions that came in, and we're jumping, I guess, right into it, uh, was: Do you, does the business have a like uh, catchphrase, or is there like a you know form and function subtitle? Oh, that is a good question. No, we should. I, you know, I I have friends who have businesses that that do that. Um, and you know, my friend, we have a friend. He's now a client, Fast Signs, and he owns the Fast Signs on Patton Avenue. Yeah. And his slogan's like, "We're more than fast, and we're more than signs." <laughs> And like, we, no, I, I, I should develop that. I think, you know, what we're, what we try to tell people is we're just not your typical architecture firm. Mm-hmm. So when, when, and I'll just speak frankly, when, when you say architect, people picture in their head, old white man. Yeah. And so we're just not that. Like it's, uh, we don't wear suits. We don't, um, I, I say we kind of practice similarly in that, you know, there's there's design has a process like everything else but um yeah we're just not your standard architecture firm we're pretty young it used to be a whole lot younger <laughs> feeling older by the day uh but yeah so i think that's probably what we're known for so if i had to pick a tagline that would be it not your not your mother's architecture firm or not your grandparents architecture firm yeah although i will say some of the the older architects like generationally speaking they had some great style like you know, Frank Lloyd Wright, Mies van der Rohe, all these like, you know, great 20th century architects, three piece suits all day long. So, 
brought it. Which I love, but I can't wear that every day. So if mm-hmm. I'm wearing a suit, I'm trying to sell you something, then that's a clear sign. So <laughs> Watch out, Yeah, everybody. watch out. So I, we do projects all over uh, North Carolina and South Carolina, and uh, some of the projects we do are for state agencies, and they're all based out of Raleigh. And uh, so I will go to Raleigh to interview for the job, and Raleigh is obviously a suit and tie place. Mm. Some of the local people will, will make the trek to sit in on the interview, and I walk in with a suit, and they just lose it. They have like they know what it means. So I would love to know because I'm I don't know maybe Tony you're more familiar with um, Miles' work, but I'd love to know some of the places that you've worked on worked on in Asheville yeah. just to kind of yeah, get yeah. like a picture in my mind of yeah, like yeah, yeah. So, what you do. Uh, we're general practice. We do everything from state construction projects, so stuff for North Carolina, mm-hmm. North Carolina Department of. Uh, everything to city of Asheville schools, Buncombe County schools, mm-hmm. and then private development work. So some of the more uh, things that people interact with every day that they that you know about are probably restaurants and bars. And mm-hmm. so uh, Hillman. So it's, it's, this is where I'm off when I have to go to the website. But I know, and, we, and we'll do we'll we'll just so everyone knows in yeah. the future that we, well, they've already experienced it. We've done an intro. Oh, okay. And so we've pointed out some of these oh, things. Perfect. Okay. So. Uh, so yeah, some of the some of the ones that just stick out of my mind are uh, Hillman. We uh, helped redo the Mellow Mushroom. We did Copper Crown. Smoky Park Supper Club is probably mm. the wildest one around here. It's made out of shipping containers. Um, we did the New York Burrito down in Biltmore Park. It was like the first kind of funky thing down there. Um, I'm thinking, yeah, a, a bunch of them. So Haywood Common, the Whale, Rosa Bees, Golden Pineapple. Oh, wow. French Broad Brewing, Up Country Brewing. Yeah. And then we've done, for UNCA, we've done, uh, um, we just relocated down on Riverside Drive. Their uh, art department, their entire art uh, department moved down there to 821 Riverside, which is kind of across from Gender's Revenge. And then where the STEAM, UNCA STEAM labs are Mm -hmm. on the building behind Strength Ratio. Uh, that is uh, where the chocolate lounge is now. Yeah. We did the upfit for them there. So we've done n- numerous work for Buncombe County Schools. And probably what, I, what it, it, from a population standpoint, what sees the most use is the uh, in DuPont Forest, the Hooker Falls bathroom building. Probably sees the, the most amount of people because that parking lot, by their best guess, lowest estimate, sees 30,000 people a month. Wow. Wow. That's more than some like DOT rest areas. Yeah. So it's it's the building that we're most thankful for. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Because like if you get there, there's no other place to go to the bathroom. And so, like, yeah, there was a lot. Now, a lot of people are using a lot of bathrooms. So, if you go in the bathroom, you can thank my. Yeah. You can thank me. You can look around. You can write it on the wall. Yeah. That's good. Don't write it on the wall. But you can if you want. They'll, they'll just power wash it off. It's designed to take it. So, but yeah. So that that's it. We did. We've done a couple of homes that are kind of funky. Have been. Uh, we did uh, for some great clients out in Riceville Road. They got voted North Carolina's coolest or Airbnb or something like that. Oh, wow. So uh, those are some great clients. They're actually pretty young, um, but they 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 built their own house like literally from scratch. So like nailed the two by fours together, like have never, the only thing they didn't do was electrical plumbing and mechanical and everything else they did. And you, you designed it. Yeah. Yeah. We designed it. And then we acted as kind of their construction manager because they had never built anything before. Crazy. That seems like a, uh, oh my goodness. Like it seems like instead of (laughs) 
making a table for the person you're making oh, no, a house. No, yeah. That's like they, a crazy they, jump. They, they, just, they just jump right in. And it, it's kind of funny because we, we became great friends. We end up being friends with all our clients. Mm-hmm. For, and some of our clients are, are great friends, and some of them are really great friends. And so those are uh, what we would classify as really great friends because I let them borrow a lot of the tools that I own to build their house. So I think, I'm pretty sure my hammer drill is still over at their house. They had my uh, concrete mixer for quite a while. Angle grinder. So, yeah, it was kind of funny. But now it's Airbnb and you can rent it. They, they, uh, uh, I don't think they say, they still, they, they still live here in Asheville. They bought a house in, uh, north side of town, uh, uh, close to the country club golf course. So, amazing. We will link to said, yeah, uh, it'll be on the, web, yeah, on the website, Airbnb. Yeah, it's pretty inexpensive, like 120 bucks a night. Relative Two to a bedroom, hotel, it's yeah. nothing. It's got, yeah, heated floors, it's got radiance, it's got a great little view. Built by someone who never built a house before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> completely safe it hasn't fallen down yet so but if it snows get the hell out of the house that's all i'm saying i mean i don't remember if we had a structural engineer on it but you know it's that was like seven years ago my professional liability insurance only covers for like five so i'm fine i'm good yeah, yeah, so yeah. i highly um, recommend it cool so let's uh we i mean we did just kind of hop right in which is kind of was expected in some ways maybe we go back to air quotes the beginning mm. Mm. Miles, let us know a little bit about you. It could be like the tweetable, but like you're an architect, but so much more. What's going on? Uh, way back in the beginning, sure, yeah. So yeah, so as like as like the child, or well, like it, so how I got started in so Asheville. It, 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 yeah, yeah, so I was just thinking. I was just thinking the jerk. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, it. That's all I need. Yeah. Uh, um, so. I, the answer can be any version of it, like whatever comes to mind. But it could be, uh, you know, I graduated from architecture school, or okay. I was a high school athlete, and I never thought I'd be doing architecture. Whatever, whatever. No, it is. I was not a high school athlete. Well, well, I was not a successful high school okay. athlete. Let's put it that way. Um, no, so I grew up in a really small town in South Carolina. Um, went to Clemson University for architecture school, and so it's the only, uh, it's the only architecture. It's the only architecture school in the state. So if you want to be an architect and you want to go in state in South Carolina, you've got to go to Clemson. Oh, so wow. um, ended up going there, graduated from there, and interned in Key West. So to, to be an architect, you've got to do – there's a couple of different tracks, but the, the track most people go is undergraduate for four years, uh, then intern for two and a half to three, graduate school for two, and then you can start sitting to take your exams. And so the exams huh. – when I took them, were nine different sections. I think they're down to five now. So it's a, it's a bit of a process. If you do everything as fast as you can, you're 26 when you get licensed. That's 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 how it happens. So I did. So this is where some people, when they do their internship, end up going to New York or end up going to San Francisco or someplace kind of cool to go work in a big firm. I decided to go to Key West. I had a connection down there. It was a eight square mile island. I think it had six architects. Four of them went to Clemson from the 60s. And so uh, I had a fraternity brother down there who was working and interviewed, and uh, it was great. It was a lot of fun. Uh, my wife and I joked that it was a great place to start your marriage or end your marriage, and so we were pretty fortunate to start ours down there. And uh, went back to Clemson for graduate school and finished up there and then was looking for something kind of like Key West, only not 16 hours away from home. Mm-hmm. 
we found Asheville. And it, back then, it was a little rougher around the edges, 2000. So that was 2005. Okay. And so we moved to Asheville April 22nd, 2005, because I remember that because it snowed that day. Wow. Yeah, it snowed an inch and a half. We had just bought a house, and we didn't know how to turn the heat on. So, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so um, moved to Asheville, worked for a firm. It was called PBCNL back in the day. It uh, recently got bought out by a larger firm, but I worked there about five years and then went out on my own. So right around 2010. Yeah, it's great time. Great time to start an uh, architecture firm in the Great Recession and one of the hardest hit uh, industries. So <laughs> it, was, it was pretty awful. And so... <laughs> It's not but, the smartest move in retrospect, but... But that's interesting because they say, they, meaning the business gods or whatever that I've, re- I've read, they say that some of the best businesses that have ever been built are the products of a post, post-recession kind of like dive and yeah. that uh, for whatever reason, it's actually... Uh, you know, it's the David and Goliath. It's like if it's a weakness, it's actually a strength. If it's a strength, yeah. probably a weakness. Yeah. So uh, help me understand because I, I have no idea what it's like to be an architect. I have to imagine if people aren't buying homes or building new no, homes, no, it's no. not a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're a, we're a luxury service. I mean, it, we really are. Like if you look at the population percentage of the U.S. who can even afford an architect, not that we're ex- – well – we're expensive when you think about it. Like what we do isn't free. We're a service, but um, there are very few people in the U S who will ever even need an architect. And then there are even less than that who probably ever work with an architect more than once. So it's a very, very niche profession and we don't get typically repeat clients. And so um, it, yeah, it, it was, it was, it was hard. And, but what was good is that in, in general, during recessions, the state works stays pretty stable because it's still government funded and their their funding usually delays four or five years behind uh, the private sector. So when private sector goes down, you can kind of work in the state. And huh. then when the state starts to drop, typically the private sector is coming back by then. Um, that didn't happen. It just went on way too long and everything sucked. <laughs> and so uh, I, I, left, uh, I left the firm I was at, started uh, – Started at that time, it was called Alexander Design Studio, and um, left with kind of the, I don't want to say the promise, but the idea that there were some jobs coming out through the Department of Forest Resources that uh, would likely go to me, whether I was on my own or at another firm, I would probably be doing the work, because I had met and cultivated a relationship at my previous firm with them, and uh, the projects came out, submitted for them, got selected, we're going through contract negotiation, and at that time, the governor of North Carolina, Bev Perdue, decided to completely reorganize state agencies. So a literal act of Congress took like two years' worth of work that I had planned and lined up just disappeared. And so like a month after I'm out of mall, and I just kind of looked around, I was like, well, I got nothing. I want to start making some phone calls. So I did, uh, I got a pity project from the, from the Department of Forest Resources, which was now under the Department of Agriculture, where they let me design a um, uh, handicap accessible parking space for their um, office down in Fletcher. A hey, parking space. That, yeah. So that was the first that was Alexander first project. Yeah, that was the first design Alexander studio. Design, yeah. Well, hot dog. Yeah. You ever go visit it? It's been a struggle. Oh, all the time. I drive by it all the time. If you, uh, so there is down, it's, it's, uh, Inca Candler area down where the, uh, 
uh, it's an old coal bomb plant, the Inca plant, but it's where the distribution for New Belgium is. Wicked mm. Weed has a mm. um, place down there now, I think. Or so anyway, there's a there's a restaurant and a gas station on uh, Sand Hill Road that has a banging fried chicken sandwich, and I can't remember what the name of it is off the top of my head, but yes, it'll be in the show notes. Yeah, every time I go down there, that I drive by that place to eat. That fried chicken sandwich. So cool. And you check out the parking spot. Still check out good. my parking spot. Still it's good. nice. Yeah. It still hadn't cracked too bad. Hadn't that's fallen me. on anybody or bro- uh, broken down. <laughs> but yeah, so that's kind of how uh, it got started with Alexander Design Studios. Just me for quite a while, uh, hustling it up. It's, uh, it's a fee, <laughs> fee for service profession, much mm-hmm. like uh, um, uh, prostitution. So <laughs> we end up talking about what uh what's the service and what's the fee but uh sometimes you feel like there's a great quote from philip johnson who's a great american architect that said you know at some point we got to say yes to somebody so you can have standards and you can do whatever but you got to say yes so um so yeah i've just been saying yes since then (laughs) so it's been all right perfect that is a uh has it felt like 10 years has it felt like Uh, you know i was thinking about that the other day uh in some respects, yes. In some respects, no. Like, I still feel like I'm the same 30-year-old person, 31-year-old person. Um, the struggles are different. Like, it's... it's. Uh, I would say this year of all the years is probably the first time that I haven't... That I, that I have felt like maybe this is what a business is supposed to feel like. Like, mm-hmm. running, I don't want to say a successful business, because I, I don't think it qualifies as that. But, um, but I... I feel like, all right, oh, okay, yeah, I could do this for a little bit. And uh, there were some, like, I, I, someone told me one time, they, you know, why does Miles still do what he does? And one of my friends who's also an architect, she was like, this is a line from, I can't remember, one movie, this Ben Affleck and, uh, where the asteroids gonna oh, destroy yeah. uh, Armageddon? Armageddon, yeah, classic. It's like they described Bruce Willis as being too dumb to quit, and so uh, I think I was d- described in that similar manner. And I think that's probably accurate. Like I didn't, I didn't, I, I don't want to do anything else. Like this is, I think if you, they always joke, if you could sit down and say, what would you wake up in the morning? You could do anything. What would you want to do? And like helping people solve problems is what I love, and we just solve architectural problems. So. Huh. building problems but uh no it feels some days it feels old because um it's it's a job there are some things that are very repetitive there are some things that um you know you just you bang your head up against the, the wall like oh we got to deal with this again but um almost every project's different every client's different and so uh so that part's fun it's it's a bit of ocd and so I get to kind of like bounce around back and forth. So, but yeah, this is, this has been the first, I would say year where I want to say things felt comfortable, but I wasn't 100% scared the whole year. So. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And and how big is your company now? We're sitting in an office oh, yeah. that so, has uh, three for That's a complicated, complicated question because I have a few companies. Um, oh. So I have form and function architecture. Okay which is an architecture firm in North Carolina that primarily does state and commercial work. And uh, Vignette Architecture is a firm that uh, my partner, Justin Smith, who we were uh, college buddies, we started together, and he lives in Rock Hill. We have an office in Rock Hill, and then we have an office in Charleston. So 
Uh, here in Asheville, we have about three and a half, including myself, employees. Rock Hill, we have three. And Charleston, we have two. So, For the listeners who don't know where Rock Hill is. Where, uh, that's about 40 minutes south of Charlotte. Yeah. Cool. It's, uh, yeah, it's a pretty cool little city, but that's where Justin's from. And there's a long, crazy story about how he ended up back in Rock Hill. But he was living in Charleston and working in Charleston for a long time. So uh, he does primarily most of the residential stuff out there. So, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so in terms of getting clients, I mean, obviously – you said there's been a lot of government work and I'm sure that yeah. leads to a lot of recommending, you know, you get referred from different government agencies, but yeah. how have you, have you thought about like how you get new clients or is it just something that comes organically yeah, to so you? Yeah, so that we're, we're much more, there are some people I feel like some architects who are probably very strategic in how they do that. And we're not even anywhere close to that. So we're very much word of mouth. We don't really mm-hmm. advertise. So, um, it's the type of projects we do. Like again, I'm we're not a, we're not your normal architect. I mean, we 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 make projects out of shipping containers. So um, most of the time, our clients are referrals or word of mouth. We do find we get some clients who contact us via internet search, but we typically find those are probably not the highest quality content uh, mm-hmm. customers, just because they're clients because they they haven't heard anything about us. They either think we have a great looking website, which we do. Thanks Lisa and Dean. Uh, they think they kind of like the pictures or the type of work we've done, but they don't really know us. And so really what's going to separate every, every architect, architect can design you a home and probably mm-hmm. do a pretty decent job at it and probably be fairly creative at it. But what really separates one architect from the other is just your architecture firm is just how how that firm is run and the attitude and the character and the uh, culture of that firm. And so uh, we definitely let, so especially in the residential market, we let our previous clients screen our next clients mm-hmm. because residential market is hard. I mean, there's, it's, it's a highly emotional thing to design someone's home. Mm-hmm. And, and so, um, so we kind of let the, the previous clients kind of pre-screen the crazies for us. But uh, for the most part, we are word of mouth. Or if someone really likes a home we did, they'll reach out to us. Like we had a client for the house we did out in Swannanoa. Um, they really loved the house, and we started talking, and then we just quickly realized, like, they're just not a good fit for us. They're just not the type of uh, client that interfaces well with a firm that's a little rougher around the edges like mm. we are. So, What's been your favorite project? So far? Yeah. Mm. I mean, the Smoky Park was great in that we had no idea what we were doing. We were working under a lot of assumptions. I mean, I never built anything out of a shipping container, especially Mm -hmm. 19 of them. And so we made a lot of assumptions of how things were going to go together. But when they got delivered in the field, we some of the assumptions were wrong. So we had to kind of address them and fix them. So that one was good from a challenging standpoint. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Smoky Park, for the listeners, is a... Restaurant. It's a restaurant, yep, right on the river mm-hmm. in the River Arts District. Mm-hmm. It was actually one of the very first uh, things to happen down in the River Arts when kind yeah. of the city, even before even the any of that, the Rad Tip, the River Arts District Transportation Improvement Project, um, huh. got started. They, 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 yeah, they actually had to redesign the Rad Tip uh, <laughs> because of the Smoky Park Supper Club and that whole interchange. So, uh, about when was that? Because it seems uh, like we, we've that was been like 2012, there. I think. Wow, it yeah. seems, it seems sort of brand new like when you walk in it looks 
it looks like a 2018, 2017 project. Yeah, that's, that's like, the great thing about shipping containers. They're super tough. So, and the, we didn't do a whole lot to them. They're pretty raw and exposed. So yeah. they just kind of always look yeah. the same. Okay. Why, why did they want a shipping container? Like, they they just story? want, and so that's, that's a good question because we get asked that a thousand times. But if I could post this in a YouTube video to get 3 million views, I would do it. <laughs> so we get a lot of calls about shipping containers and structures, homes, residences, whatever. And uh, so the clients for the Smoky Park Supper Club had the only correct answer to that question. And why do you want to use shipping containers? Is because we want to use shipping containers. Heard. It's not cheaper. It's not faster. It's not more environmentally friendly. It's not anything other than aesthetically cool. And Heard. so um, when, when you when you take a global look at it. So uh, sure, they all arrive on the back of a truck and we put the structure together in two days. That's fast. But, you know, when you look at it took them like six months to acquire the containers, modify them, get them ready, ship them up here. It didn't really save that much time. Yeah. But so every person that calls and asks, hey, I want to use a shipping container for my house or my, and ask why you want to use shipping containers. And if the answer is anything other than because I want to use shipping containers, it's the wrong answer. They won't. It, it's not the solution they're looking for. So that's really interesting. Yeah, it, it's it was cool. It was a learning process. Now, there are some great ways to use shipping containers that are highly efficient to uh, to their construction type. But uh, if you're willing to work within those kind of modules they are great. Yeah. So w- with a project like a shipping container project where I am, it sounds like you didn't have previous experience building shipping mm-hmm. container things, are you, are you like researching by visiting places that have built with shipping containers? Or are you like, let me see one of those and walk inside of one? Hop on that Google, start getting on that Pinterest. Because uh, there, there's yeah. a bar in uh, Austin that I mm. know, the container bar. Yeah. And it's like okay. all shipping containers. Yeah. And, Right. And I'm wondering if you like go there on like an R and D visit. No, I would notebook. love to do something like that. But no, clients don't want to pay me to travel to go look at stuff. Um, only the big names get to do that. Uh, no, we there. Uh, funny enough, there's there's two con, um, container companies around here. One's in Charlotte, called uh, uh, shoot Boxman Studios, and one in Charleston called SG Block. Charleston, uh, the SG Block's a huge company. It's publicly traded. They do gigantic projects all over the world. Hmm. Um, so we visited those two places, so day trips, so nothing too sexy, but it was a lot of fun. Like Boxman does some cool stuff. They do a lot of installation work for Puma, Adidas. Um, uh, so th- where you can kind of like pack this thing up, transport it to a trade show, set it down and deploy it in the middle mm-hmm. of wherever. So that is cool. But yeah, that was good. That, I mean, that's kind of, if, if you have to like pick a project that probably gets the most attention, it would be that one just because it's so strange. Um, the Riceful Road project was the house for our clients was probably one of the most fun projects because again, these clients have never, one is a lawyer and one was a financial, came from the finance world. So they, they, they didn't have any idea what they were doing. Um, and the, the whole time I'm asking, are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure you want? So they did. So that was fun, but just helping them and getting to know them along the way was really nice too. Um, so yeah, I would say those two are probably the, the two that stick out in my mind the most when I think about fun times. But we've had some, some exceedingly fun projects. Yeah. Nice. Um, I, I kind of want to change topics, Sonia, if you'll allow me, unless you have other questions about architecture. So. Of course I do. But So I, okay, oh, well, go for them. So w- what's the big deal with falling water? Ah, 
falling water. Uh, right? Oh, it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, it's an amazing house. It leaks like hell. It it does. Like it's what is crazy. Falling water. Falling water. Yeah. So you, you referenced Frank Lloyd Wright mm-hmm. at the very beginning for his three piece mm-hmm. suits and maybe for his design. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, mm-hmm. you know, Frank Lloyd, he was the first star architect, mm-hmm. is what they call that, the first star architect. Oh, so, I thought mm-hmm. Tony Stark like oh, uh, ge- no. genius billionaire. That would no, okay. no, no, no Frank Lloyd. Uh so falling water is a house. You have seen a picture of it. You just didn't know yeah. maybe that was the name. Yeah, of it. I t- kinda of ring a bell now. And so uh mm-hmm. it's it's built over a waterfall. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful, it's amazing, but it really leaks like crazy. And it had a lot of structural deficiencies when it was built. No one has ever, I've, I've heard a lot of people talk about this place. Yeah. No one has ever, I've oh. never heard that. Oh, we're, we're architects. We just pick apart everything and everybody. <laughs> like we're, oh, we're a hateful profession. Like you get us, a, you get a group of us together in a room and like, it, have you ever seen the Chappelle show when they that like yeah. have the haters ball or the, the haters <laughs> award? It's, it's, it is so much like that. It's amazing. And so, uh. So yes, no. Uh, falling water is beautiful. Is beautiful. It's inspiring, but it was structurally unsound when it was built. It leaked like hell. Uh, it was like twenty times over budget. It took two years longer than what they thought, and uh, they have been throwing money at it to keep it standing for the last fifty years. Um, and when Frank Lord was asked about that, he's got a great quote. Uh, they're like, "Well, what do you? How do you feel about having a house that leaks?" And he said, that's what you get for putting a piece of art in the rain. Mm. So some some attitude that goes along with... I mean, he was only like a five foot six kind of guy. So Napoleon stuff. Yeah, oh yeah, man. He was all the way with his little pork pie hat and cane. Um, but yeah, it's Falling Water is, is, is great. If you haven't seen it, you should see it. Uh, Where is it located? Uh, Pennsylvania. Okay. So I can't remember. Wait, was he from? Chi- where is he from? Chicago. Well, so you're what you're thinking. Yeah. Chicago? So that, that that style of architecture kind of started in Chicago. Okay. Yeah. So. But it's something to do. Like there's symmetry. It's hard lines and nature. It's like, yeah. And so you know, form and function comes from that school of architecture. Mm-hmm. So the the person who trained Frank Lloyd Wright basically. Uh, so um, Louis Sullivan came out with form follows function. And so that's kind of, that was that type of architecture uh, movement was, you know, the craftsman. And so, uh, so yeah, Frank Lloyd Wright's just like the most popular one. He, he probably didn't even do it the best. Like Green and Green probably were an architecture firm who did the style the best. Um, but he just was, he was a big personality and he did public work. So that, I mean, it's, if you drew in public buildings, you, you get a little more recognition sometimes, especially when you do in big public buildings. So if we were to try and Google and put a link or a picture of a green and green... Oh, yeah, it'll come up. Yeah, they've done some beautiful houses. Yep. Yeah, green and green houses. Yep. So that's the prairie, Craftsman Prairie style. So there'll be long, low houses because they were designed for the Midwest for kind of like the plains. Mm -hmm. And so they'll have the low slope roofs, the really generous overhangs, and a lot of wood, earth tones, things like that. So Cool. Did you build your own house? I did, and I recommend every architect do it so you never want to do it again because we've been in it for 10 years, still not done. Mm. Are you just constantly looking around? Oh, every every damn day. So I recommend that clients, like I I recommend for uh, architects, if you're going to build your house, treat yourself like a client. And I, I tell all my clients all the time, don't build it yourself, set a budget and set a schedule. I didn't do any of those three things. And so, yeah. I, I made all the mistakes that my clients have or are going to make, and mm-hmm. so I try to I try to reinforce that to them. So. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, you're keeping your craft sharp. So yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, and that's the whole thing about the cobbler's kids with no shoes. Like, uh, sure, I designed and built my own home. It's great, mm-hmm. but it's unfinished. And every day I live in that. Yeah. Like, every time I step into my shower, I look and I'm like, I haven't grouted this wall yet. <laughs> every day. So the, do you watch uh, Modern Family at all? No, but I'm aware oh, of okay. it. Okay. So there's a the father, there's a bunch of fathers, but the father, Phil Dumphy, uh-huh. is yeah, like yeah. the cute, lovable dad figure. Mm-hmm. And in almost every episode, but... Whenever they can, they have him walk up the flight of stairs and trip on a step. And he's like, I'm going to fix that step. <laughs> That's, no, every day I sit in my living room, I look, and there's one spot where the paint, like, dripped. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I, I just got to fix that. And so, yeah, eventually, eventually when we go to sell the house, which will never happen, uh, but it'll, it'll eventually get done. That's, that's the story. I t- that's a lie I tell my wife. So, um, but, yeah. But, yeah. Built my own house. It was fun. And do, I mean, do you have a a, a, a memory of what might have drove you towards architecture? I kind of grew up in construction. My um, my dad was so my stepfather sold stone. He worked at Vulcan Materials, which is this gigantic uh, quarry company. So they have quarries all over the world where they basically mine granite or whatever stone. So he sold, he was in the construction industry on the, the road side where he sold crushed stone that goes underneath roads. Uh, my dad um, owned a structural steel company, pre-engineered, pre-engineered metal building as well. So I would help erect pre-engineered metal buildings during the summer. So I grew up on the on the construction side of things and then I was, I, I do remember this. This was a cool, my grandmother uh, on my dad's side used to take us to the fancy places for our birthday to eat because we didn't get to do that. And we were eating at this place called The Phoenix uh, in Greenville, South Carolina. And it's a country club that had been around forever. And it's just her, her, her name was Iris, but I couldn't say it when I was a kid. So I called her, instead of Mama Iris, I called her Mom Ear. And so I would, I, these, these people walked in wearing, suits and ties and they had rolls of drawings I'm like mom here and they rolled them out on the thing and they're drawing on the thing and uh my grandmother was an artist she loved paint watercolor and she kind of fostered that in me to kind of like nurture the artist side she would take me to museums and things which didn't usually happen in a uh, very small town south carolina so um so yeah so i, I was like who who are those people what are they doing they're 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 drawing they're painting they're whatever and they're like eh. I, they're probably architects. And I was like, I want to do that. Wow. And she should have just smacked me and just said pediatric orthodontist at the time. But <laughs> uh, she, I don't know why, said, you know what, you should do that too. And so I got, I guess I got that in my head. And um, they were probably developers because the place was kind of expensive to eat at. And I don't think the architects would have been eating there for lunch. But um, uh, but yeah, so that I do remember that as a child. And so I've always been drawn to the creativity side of things and the building and making of things and assemblies and logistics of, of bringing things together. So I would say that that is probably how I'm naturally bent. And so that's why I kind of mm. fit into architecture fairly well as a profession. Yeah. So what's the process like? Like when you when a client says yes, what are kind of the steps that you go through? To so, yeah, I mean, that, like I said, most people will never work with an architect in yeah. their life. Um, that, and so does that, ha- forgive the simplicity and I want that question to be answered, but is it, you would then just like a general contractor has an idea of what to do for a house. Like how do you build a house if not with an architect? You can, so there's lots of ways you can buy. So some general contractors will have plans already kind of, available you just pick from a from their kind of spread you can go online and find some you can quite frankly draw them yourself on a piece of paper 
you can you can download them on some of the programs online, some free uh, drafting programs, and you just draw a house, and you hand that to a general contractor. Now, commercially, you have to have an architect, but uh, residentially, which is what most people think of. Um, but so yeah, so that that's that's how you would probably not work with an architect. And most of the homes built in the U.S. aren't, they're built by general contractors mm-hmm. um, without probably licensed plans. There are licensed architect plans. There are plenty of designers, home designers, who aren't licensed but can design great and do great houses. So, huh. But the project is like, I mean, or the process for a project is really like any other design process. You start with kind of like big picture stuff. And you start at 30,000 feet and you say, okay, well, this is the site. What is great about this site? What's bad about the site? Does it have good views? Do you want to, you know, kind of where's the driveway going to go? Where's access, vehicular access? You kind of start pragmatically like that. And then you just start eating the elephant basically one bite at a time. And you just say, okay, well, do a circle. This could be a living room circle. This could be bedrooms. And you start talking about relationships find out really how and truly how people live their life. Like some people, like my wife wakes up, she's hungry, she wants to make coffee. So like there can't be too too much distance between the bedroom and the kitchen. So, or you tr- at least take that into consideration so that they're not traipsing all the way across the house, uh, up and down stairs or something like that. So, um, so you start at big picture and you just kind of work your way and refine, refine it as you go down. And it, I'd probably say it's not un- different than how like, Lisa and Dean do it at Atlas. You just kind of start schematically and you say, how do you feel about this? These are our ideas. I think this works. Uh, they, yes, no, maybe. And you just say, okay, we'll develop this a little more, refine it. Mm, this works. So, and go from there. Where, where's the go, no go point with the clients? Like how much discovery are you able or willing to do with people? Before, you mean before yeah, before but, I accept them as a client? Before you're like, all right, but you, you got to write a check, friend. Oh, um, that's pretty easy. I, I mean, we, we, commercially, it's really easy. We have clients or people who call us to come take a look at property all the time and say, Hey, this is, what, what do you think about this? And I'm going to tell you what I think. It's going to be worth exactly what you paid. Nothing. So, but I'll tell you what I think. We, we get hired to do due diligence assessments on commercial properties where, you know, we'll come in and, but that's a, that, I have professional liability associated with that. So we charge for that. But for, um, having a client that, that Hey, we're thinking about building a house. It's our piece of property. Come on in. We'll talk to them Inter- because we interview them as much as they interview us. Yeah. And so I, it's gotta be, it's, it's a marriage. I, I tell every client that comes and sits really on that side of the table, like we're going to get married. And it's going to be everything a marriage is. It's going to be complicated. There's going to be unspoken expectations. There's going to be fights over time. There's going to be fights over money. There's going to be fights. There's going to be disappointment. And so it's all about uh, establishing some type of good relationship before you become fiscally responsible to each other. Hmm. Because it's it's all great until you sign a contract. And then you put a ring on it. And I don't want to say you're stuck with each other, but you've made a promise to each other. And so uh, it's we do a we do a lot of meeting prior to that to make sure that it is uh, it's a good fit. They're a good fit. And we're a good fit for them. Because there's some again, if they come in here and they're asking for a certain style home, like a n- classical style home that would be in North Asheville or something like that, it's just not what we do. I mean, we can design that, but it's I'm just not good at cornice details. I'm not good at entablatures. It's just not not what excites me. So. Mm-hmm. But I would say, yeah, so for we, we, we talk through and say, okay, this is what the project is, and we try to understand a couple of things before we can give them a proposal. And those things are the scope of the project, 
the scope of the services and then the timeline you need it in. So what you want to do, what you want us to do, and then how fast you need it. So, which so far has been probably, I've been 50% accurate on defining all, any one of those three in any proposal. It always takes longer. Is how, how often does the, you can have it fast, you can have it. Oh, the triangle? The yeah, triangle. that's good. Yeah, I do that fairly well. That, I'm more of a fan of this triangle, and Ooh. this one's a good, you can use this one. So for our clients, well, yeah. So uh, sometimes we're a sword, so we're, we're an advocate for them, and we um, protect, like basically go out and fight for them. Sometimes we're a shield, so we protect them and keep them from um, uh, hurting themselves, and sometimes we're a toilet. And we just sit there and get crapped on. And so uh, <laughs> it happens. We had, I mean, it was like a month ago. We're dealing with a project. So we're, we're uh, uh, doing a project close by here. I won't say who, just, but the client knows who they are. And uh, we got a piece of information back from the city that was not great. And it was unexpected. And the phone rang. And I looked. I was like, oh, there's my client. Hey. And they, they just said, I'm sorry. You're the only person who's picked up the phone. And I just said, go. And they just went and they got done. And I was like, you feel better? I'm like, yes, I feel great. <laughs> I said, all right, we'll get through this. Yeah. Hang the phone back up. So. Wow. And then just in case anyone wasn't familiar with the other triangle, what's the other triangle? Oh, good, fast, and cheap. So you can have it, uh, you can have two of the three. You can't have all three. So you can have it good and fast, but it won't be cheap. You can have it fast and good. Or sorry, you can yeah. have it cheap and fast, but it won't be good. And you can have cheap and good, but it won't be fast. And it, I mean that's that's accurate from really any human endeavor, because uh, it's just it's it's a process. You can't. I mean, very very few people can sit down and do something of high quality very fast. And even then, if they can, the years that took them of that experience to get there is worth something. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, that's it's 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 tough. And and so in especially for clients who don't work in any type of field where that is a reality they just don't understand so if if they work in insurance or they work in like they just don't have that kind of perspective versus someone who creates something from nothing and so that's the whole thing with like the most terrifying thing in my profession is a white sheet of paper you just don't know what to do you stand there and it's just there's too much room you just uh straw line right down the middle okay well at least i got a left side and a right side down where do i go from there so, um, but yeah, that, 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 the, the, and that triangle is probably the one that people are learning the most about, but, uh, probably still have the hardest time, uh, living by with the good, fast and cheap. So how does that change when you think about, about 10 years ago? Oh man, I was, were you like, yes, I was yes, all I'll, three do, of those. I'll do all, all three, three yes, of sir, those please, as and best thank I could. You. No, it, and it's true. Like you, you, and when I say you, I'm, I'm talking One. about myself, yeah. a, a person. Uh, I would imagine my experience uh, um, has been that, again, I, I had nothing when I went out on my own, nothing. And so I would do anything, and I did everything. And so uh, it was a great experience. I burned it on both ends. So you just you can do it for a little bit. You can do it. But it's not it's not sustainable. It's not how you want to live your life, and it's probably not how you should live your life, um, because you will, like, you just kill yourself for clients who, at the end of the day, probably don't care very much about you. Because if they did, they would probably pay you a little more and give you a little more time to do it. So, um, but yeah, no, in the beginning, yeah, I, I, fee for service, man. Whatever, whatever you need done. Started, a, yeah, it was great. 
I've done some funny stuff in my life. Some people know about it. Some people don't. <laughs> we'll talk about the great trout blight of 2010 and chopping up fish for a living. That was, that was, that was a side, that was a little side hustle for a while. The Asheville Trout Company still has a Twitter account. You could definitely link to that. Design that logo. Felt really good about it. Okay. Smelled like fish for like six months. It was awful. I started a trout processing company where we were going to chop up trout and deliver it to restaurants mm-hmm. because I wanted to sell a product and not a service. And then I quickly realized, like, yeah, you don't want to smell like fish all the time. It's pretty bad. Heard. And I will, I, I want to pin that because, uh, we typically end like the back third of the conversation or some percentage is about the future. Ah, okay. And I, I, I have heard that there might be uh, oh, yeah. other versions the, of meats the, in the, your future. Yes, 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 yes. I just, I, I feel like there's still probably so much in the 10 year story. Like, so you have the good fashion cheap. You were saying yes to everything. What has changed lifestyle wise for oh. you? Uh, over the over these this decade or so, and this is where I quote my grandmother: "Do you want me to be polite, or do you want me to tell you the truth?" <laughs> and so, uh, no, I would not wish my self employment um, journey on anyone. It was pretty awful. Like I, there were times like where, um, I, like I can tell you, you can go three months without paying your mortgage, and then they'll start sending you the little yellow letters. I'm like you don't need to worry about the yellow ones. What you need to worry about are the ones that come at six months that get delivered via certified mail that are red. Like because it it 2010 was awful. 2011 and 12 were like the bottom of the recession, and so um, things were rough. Like rough. There was not a lot of excess capital to hire a luxury service profession like an architect. And um, so yeah, we were doing whatever whatever we could wherever we could, and it, it was rough. Like there's some there's some some dark times, and so pretty fortunate that. I'm just too dumb to quit or couldn't imagine myself doing anything else. And so, um, stuck through it and just keep, kept beating the problem up. And so I, I would say, yeah, that lifestyle wise now, like I haven't received any of those letters in quite a while, which is nice. That's a good feeling. Yeah. Um, cause there were some times when it was, no, I mean, it was pretty touchy. Like I, and so, I mean, there were, like we had some honest conversations with a spouse. Like if you, if you go, if if you start your own business and it's in a profession, I would say close to mine or in a recession, like you got to have some really hard conversations with your spouse. Like, because if they're going to go with you, they're going to go with you and they're going to go through it. And I mean, there was one, I was like, you got to be okay with moving into my parents' basement. It might end up like that. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, so lifestyle wise, I haven't had any of those conversations in a while too, which is is really nice. Yeah. Um, so I I would say yeah, I've been doing it for ten years and feel a little more comfortable at it, but I'm still scared to death. I mean, I had a my old boss. He he would say you know in, in Sahara like what is it? The gazelle wakes up in the morning knowing it's got to run faster than the uh, fastest lion, and the lion wakes up knowing it's got to run faster than the slowest gazelle. Moral of the story is just wake up and start running. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, we just, we just keep running, but it's, uh, yeah, I, I would say lifestyle wise things are, I, I don't, I, I want to say I gave up a lot on the business, but, um, I, I don't have such an emotional tie to it in Did that, like it used to really consume like, like my emotional well-being was tied mm-hmm. to how the business was doing. Yeah. And so one of the healthiest things I ever did was probably just kind of like step out of myself and say, all right, 
just, you know, it's going to do what it does and you can do the best thing you possibly can, but this doesn't define me as like a human being or as a person. And so that really has improved. Uh, and that, that probably around that same time I made the, the conscious decision. I was like, I got to sleep more. I got to exercise more. I got to, you just can't do what I was doing all the time. And so things have been better since then, but, um, but yeah, so it seems a little dark, but no, I, I, it's I kind of truthful. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, what were those major changes that made it less grueling? So to yeah. speak, um, besides the recession not <laughs> happening. <laughs> yeah. Well, aside the, yeah. So I would say obviously the getting your, uh, your name out there and just being getting projects, mm-hmm. um, from, from being known. It's one thing because it's architecture, unfortunately, is a little bit of an old person's profession. You have to kind of do it long enough for people to believe that you know how to do it. So we've got a great client base. We've we've got, I think, I hope, a pretty good reputation in in the area. Um, But I think that the things that really like made me feel better about having a business is just or the things that made me feel better about being a person. Mm -hmm. And I think that those are. Those are the steps that I made kind of consciously to, I want to say, kind of let go a little bit. But, yeah, at the same time, I, I let go a little bit. That, I think it's beautiful. I, I, one of the things that I keep coming back to is this idea of, like, detachment from mm-hmm. outcomes. And, and we're trying to focus on, you know, the inputs, right? Like, all, all we have control over is what what are we doing yep. to yep. support yep. And I, I find myself asking this question to our guests a lot. It's like, did you have like a little engine that could thing like trust the process, trust the process, trust the process, <laughs> right? And like eventually it's going to work Yeah. Um, because I, I feel like in some ways I have that going on in my head where it's like trust the process, trust yeah. the process. Yeah. And yeah. like if we are able to trust the process and just be detached from, you know, well, no likes on that post or, uh, yeah. uh you know, four people listened, we think. Well, that, it comes back to why are you doing it? Are you doing it for yourself? Or you're doing it for other people to like it because right. if you're doing it for other people to like it, people change what they like all the time. So if, it, if you're doing it because it's who you are and what you want to do, then who cares? Just, mm-hmm. just do it. But yeah, you just gotta, you just gotta beat it up. You just gotta just do it. So, yeah, and especially it's like um, I imagine. I imagine the difference, or we think about like uh, we're, we're building a marketing agency, and we're in no rush, hypothetically, to get new clients. Yeah, and we know that over time we will get more and more clients. Mm-hmm. My imagination on the incubation process yeah. for something like an art because you're it's a build. And the timeline for someone to choose to build a new home or a new building, and then all of the steps to choose an architect. I have no idea what those are, yeah. but I imagine that the incubation is even longer. Oh, for sure. Because yeah. the relationship needs to be there mm-hmm. bef- years before the thing is going to be in the, like built, uh, well, we have which a, is insane. Yeah, we have a project in the River Arts District that um, June 12th was the six-year anniversary of us having the first meeting with them, and we haven't... Broke. We haven't even come close to breaking ground yet. So the t- the, hori- the time horizon oh, for yeah. your world. Some of is... the projects are yeah they're, yeah they're incredible. Like we have some state projects that have 2016 um, state ID numbers on them. So the the money for them has been in a account sitting there since 2016. 
Wow. And it just takes that long to sometimes to get it. And so by the time you see the building built, I've been done with, we've been done with our job for six months. So, yeah, it's, 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 but it's, it's a snowball effect. You know, it's one of those things that starts off a little bit and it builds momentum. Yeah. Um, and so it's, um, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of a critical mass. And I think I probably, when I said that this year feels like, it's probably the first year I felt like the critical mass is kind of hit. And then yeah. I'm, the second I say that, probably recession is going to hit and I'm going to have to go back to chopping up fish. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think it's, that's, yeah, it's, it is. You just got to keep doing it because if that's what you feel called to do as a person and that's what you want to do in the world, then yeah. I mean, we all got rent we all got mortgages and we all have to eat so i mean at some point you've got to monetize it but um that can't be the reason you do it because you'll stop doing it you'll go find something else so my opinion it's probably why i'm still stuck here doing this profession instead of pediatric orthodontistry (laughs) i love it it's like oh man that's a tuesday through thursday business cash only are you kidding me you get the three three c's cash car and the country club that's four c's but we'll go with three (laughs) hyphen yeah dang yeah Pediatric orthodontistry, young listeners. Oh no, there's uh, still time. Oh, I get asked all the time, "Hey, you want to come speak to these uh, children at elementary school about being an architect?" Because everybody thinks an architect is great. Doctors, lawyers, and architects, right? That's that's three highest earning professions. And I'm walking. I'm like, "Who wants to go? To, like, who likes drawing pretty pictures?" They're like me. I'm like, "Who likes building houses?" They're like me. Like, who likes to go to school for four years, intern for three, go to school for two more, and then take an exam that might take anywhere between two to three years, and then probably not make much money until you're, like, 65? And they all, like, look around the room, and I'm like, who likes driving a Porsche? And they're like, me! And I'm like, go be orthodontist. So, Which yeah. I, I, you know, I imagine the grass is always greener here. Oh, I, I, I'm sure. I, I imagine yeah, you know, there's I mean, a fast lane to orthodontist. What, Dennis had the highest suicide and divorce rate of any profession in the world. Heavy. So, yeah, right? Because people don't want people don't like dentists. That's true. Most people when they think about going to the dentist, they don't like it. they're in the bad mood and whatever. But no, I don't know why. But statistically speaking, yes, they have a higher divorce and suicide rate than any other profession. Yeah. So. So all things kind of dark again. Wow. <laughs> so how about that weather out there today? Yeah. So why are you doing your job again? No. Here, here's a question that I always I always find interesting as well. Right? Is um, you know, you'll hear a lot of and I'm going to zoom it or make it almost hyperbolic so it doesn't feel like we're talking about you in this made it state. Mm. But, um, you know, you hear these like billionaires who have burnt the candle on both ends. And, and in hindsight, they say, you know, there's nothing more important than family time. Yeah, 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 there's yeah, nothing yeah. more important. And you're like, all right, easy for you to say, uh-huh, buddy. The money is the root of all evil. You never heard anybody poor say that. There's <laughs> always someone who's got a ton of money. Right. So with that, like, is there a world where you think you get in 2019 to a point for the first time where you're like, you know what, I think like it's working. Do you get here by 2019 without having done all those crazy hours and all those crazy projects? um, Or if you had found that balance sooner, do you get here sooner? You you hear where I'm going? You always always joke. Like, would I be the person today if I wouldn't have gone through whatever the struggle was? And so, obviously, the answer, for me, the answer is no. Like, you you would be a different person. Could I probably develop the same business? Yeah, probably. Uh, I probably could have done it quicker in a better economy. Um, Probably would have just had different projects. Probably would be maybe a little bit of a different firm. Um, But, no, like, it's... it's, uh, um, no, I, I'm, I, I want to say at the same time, like I'm not, I'm proud of what I've went through. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some, 
some really dark times. I mean, there's some rough stuff that, and you know, and that professionally, like business wise, and then that reflected on. I felt like that turned me in on that dark side personally. And so I would say probably the first five years of it, I was some form of depressed just because it's, you know, it's, it's, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And it wasn't what it, what I wanted it to be. And no matter what I did, I couldn't make it happen. And, um, looking back at that now, it's, you know, I won't say you laugh at it, but you know, you can only do so much. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, the the struggle defines who you are. I mean, it really does no matter if you struggle your whole life and still end up in the same spot, you're a different person than when you were in that spot 10 years ago versus if you struggle and become a billionaire. But I would, I would prefer to struggle for a couple of years and become a billionaire, but you'll, it's never been the term billionaire architect uttered anywhere in (laughs) anywhere in the newspaper or Google or anywhere. It just doesn't happen. So it's interesting. Yeah. Billionaire, uh, painter, I think that the guy who painted like original uh, Facebook, uh-huh. oh yeah, <laughs> might be like a, I think <laughs> he, like he's like hundreds of millions for for yeah. spec work in the original Facebook offices. Yeah, we could do that. Um, interesting. Yeah, there's a and I'll, I'll hand the mic back to Sarah, but I'm, I'm reading the Legend of Bagger Vance right now, okay. which I've only had ever seen the movie. Yeah, same. Turns out it's a pretty wild book that goes into a different space than I think the movie did. Um, but one of the things he, he talks about is the idea of uh, not having willfulness, mm-hmm. but intention. Yeah. Like you yeah, can't yeah. will something to happen. And if you try to, you're putting yourself in a position to feel disappointment. Mm-hmm. But you can have intentionality. Yeah. And uh, I, I found, just from the other day, I found that very uh, powerful in my own world. And it sounds like that's kind of what, you're, what yeah. you're speaking to. Yeah, it goes back to you talking about you can control what you can control. And then, you know, you, you you can mix the batter and put the cake in the oven, but at the end of the day, sometimes the cake just doesn't rise. And hopefully 99 out of 100 of your cakes come out just great, but every now and then you might have one that doesn't. And so you can't take that one personally. you got to remember all the ones you've done. And that's easy to say, but mm. when you're in the moment, you're just beating yourself up over it. So, yeah. so we, we were... Um, you were asking for a transition about 10 minutes ago. Yeah. Well, because I'm dying... So when Tony told me first about you, he's like, oh, I met this guy, Miles, at the gym. The, he he didn't say anything about architecture. Yeah. He was like, great this, hair. Guy, <laughs> this guy is like a yeah, barbecue. <laughs> yeah, great hair. Um, this it's, guy pretty, is like, it's pretty media. I, think, I mean, it's okay hair. It's okay hair. I've been, Your I've, team I've been, loves your hair. I, well, I will yeah. say um, my hair got me a free drink at Farm Burger yesterday, or two days ago. I was pretty really? excited about that. Yeah, I walked Just, in, and I eat there all the time, like once a week. Guy was like, "Man, you got great hair. Here's a drink." I was like, "Thanks, bud." Anyway, heard. So if you have good hair, go to farm Yeah, go to farm Get a free yeah. drink. Okay, yeah. but yeah, so I, I wasn't. I actually didn't talk about your hair. Yeah, you talking think. about barbecue. Yeah so, yeah, so he was like this. You know, Miles is like a really good barbecue master and has competed in all these competitions, and that you smoked like eighteen turkeys for. Yeah, yeah, we do. We yeah, I smoke a lot of meat and so no it's just something i grew up doing and have always enjoyed doing it and uh, another architect here it's funny there's a weird culture of architect barbecuers uh here in Asheville, and so the knuckle deep barbecue competition that we do every year mm-hmm. uh is start was started basically by like a handful of architects and uh 
and we ended up having it in some guy's driveway out in West Asheville. And so it, it's still – and so it's funny, like half the teams, I think there were 20 teams this year or 18 teams, half the teams are architects or engineers. And so it's really strange. But, um, but yeah, so uh, I've been smoking meat pretty much my whole life, and it's something that I enjoy doing. It is. I have discovered a recession-proof business, so it's like uh, it's the opposite of architecture. Yes, yeah, so yeah. opposite of arch- It's easily accessible yeah. by any last every- everybody, and so and it's a it's an instant transaction. Like you hold the sandwich in one hand, and you hold your hand the other one empty out, and you just do a quick exchange with the money. Um, but no, it's uh, it's something I enjoy doing, and it's fun. Uh, every Thanksgiving, uh, we we typically are home, and so I have a large trailer smoker and. Every time I fire it up to smoke my turkey, I just put it out on social media that if you want one smoke, bring it by. And yeah, this year I think I had 12 or 13 turkeys. I had a brisket and two racks of ribs and a pork butt. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. But yeah, we I end up, I, I smoke all kinds of stuff for fun. And I, I remember I talked to you once about Sarah hand-making some pasta. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, so oh. you, you're just a cook is what I'm hearing. Nah, I, I'm just fat. I think it's probably a better way to put that. Like, uh, I, 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 you enjoy food. I enjoy. I love food. Kind of sore. Yeah, I love food. Uh, yeah, before we had children, I have, I have three children. They're great. They're so great. They're just the joy of my life. Uh, but before I had the joy of my life and I had the real joy of my life when I didn't have a response, I had lots of free time. And so when uh, my wife and I were living in Key West, I would make homemade pasta from scratch, gnocchi from scratch, lasagna from scratch. Like I didn't have, apparently I had a lot of free time. And so, but I did gain about 15 pounds, uh, during that time. So, but yeah, I, I, I just, I, I enjoy food. It's, it's one of the things like my day is organized around food like when i ask people when do you want to meet is it before lunch or after lunch after breakfast before breakfast or before before dinner so it's a it's a large part of my life i i enjoy food and what's great because we get to uh we get to do a lot of restaurants and so we always kind of work in a little bit of a tab into the fee and so at one point in time i had about two thousand dollars in hop ice cream store credit and that let me tell you, it was very, that was nice. It was just some good times. And so, uh, so yeah, yeah, we, we end up getting, yeah, we eat pretty well at form and function because we just go out to some of our clients and right. they usually treat us. So it's really good. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it is. I mean, everybody got to eat. But True. yeah, so that's, that's the, that's the next recession if we're going to jump into the future. So it's one of those things where you, you kind of joke, you don't want to make your hobby your profession, but man. It's something really simple about, I'm just going to make some pulled pork, and I'm just going to put it between two pieces of white bread, and I'm going to sell it with a bag of chips and a can of Coke for like eight bucks. Yeah. And, you know. I've heard you've already worked out all. Oh, we got all the math done. <laughs> all the math. All the math. Yeah. So, when we were talking to Zach, he's like, you got to talk to Miles. He's like, you got to ask him about the pulled pork because. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to sit out by High Five on the river in Woodfin where they're about to put in that big whitewater park. Oh, is that that's something that's about to happen? Oh yeah, yeah. That's um, uh, I think they're like ninety five percent funded. Holy moly! Yeah, it's a big big project. Um, but yeah, so sit out there, slang barbecue. I'm I'm gonna do the like. So my favorite barbecue spot in the area for brisket is called JD's Smoke Shack, and it's down in Conley Springs. It's exit one thirteen, and if you ever know me long enough, you'll you'll hear about it. Like it's it's something I talk about. Uh, JD's is open. Uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and that's it. It's a 
three day celebration is their tagline, but they have like the best brisket in the area. And so, uh, I'm going to follow that same model. I'm going to be open just like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I'm going to do the, I'm going to combine it with the 12 bones model where I'm only open from like 11 to two mm-hmm. and then it's cash only. I'm just going to make my life real easy. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. yeah. There's something, there's something like almost, it makes it more desirable when you can only get it. Yeah, a no, no, certain for sure. time mm-hmm. oh, yeah. of day or it's like until we sell out and then we close and like you better get there early or yeah. you're not going to get some. Mm-hmm. There's there's something magical. Yeah, there's some hype. That. There's some hype. Yeah. You got to live up to the hype. Yeah. So. yeah. yeah. It's, it's built in uh, economic mm-hmm. levers that yeah. make it interesting and if nothing else, remarkable. Um, oh, so there's this, uh, I turned 40 this year, so I'm, I'm a little older than y'all. But I did a road trip, large, uh, gigantic road trip for my 40th birthday. That was uh, five days, and it was 4,700 miles. Wow! And so it started started here in Nashville, and the, the we had two goals. I'd never seen the Grand Canyon, so I was going to see the Grand Canyon, um, and then I wanted to eat barbecue at Jones Barbecue Diner in Mariana, Arkansas. Hmm. And it is the first James Beard award-winning barbecue joint, and it's literally a hole in the wall. It used to be, way back in the day, it was called a hole in the wall because they served the sandwiches through a hole in the wall. Oh, my God. That's and, genius. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> it, it was started by, he, let's see, Mr. Jones is probably like 72 or something. He's, 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 he's old. But he <laughs> dropped out of high school to help his dad run it. And wow. so um, he makes only a certain amount of sandwiches every day. And he, when he sells out, he sells out and you come in and he's got it on the posted up above the little hole in the wall that they pass through like one through 20, just like you say, how many sandwiches you want? One, two, three, four. And it has it all calculated out and you just hand him the cash. And so he lives a pretty great life. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. There was a pizzeria in Philly, not far from where my buddies used to live that, um, they made a hundred pies a day. And that was it. hundred pies a day. And it's like, it's not that, it's not that much money. Yeah, but it's it's enough for a handful of employees. It's yeah. for I don't know how big the team was, but like they would open at a like they'd roll in relative to what like a normal restaurant morning might look like. All the same ingredients every day. Yeah. Like there's a restaurant um, that I went to in Tuscaloosa. I went to one big time college football game at Alabama. Okay, uh, go to this restaurant called Five. I thought it was the smartest thing I've ever seen. There were five menu items. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't make talk about co- yeah. Uh, yeah, cost of like goods super tight. You're not wasting as much yeah. product and and not selling faster it faster to order. Oh yeah, faster everything. to order yeah. makes everything better. So like one product, you kidding me? Sounds yeah. like sounds like you're onto something. Uh, we'll see. It's one of those things. It's fun to daydream about. Me, and, mm-hmm. my, my friends and I, when we, when we were smoking meat, we were sitting around drinking and dreaming about that so yeah. be, that's funny it'll be all right we'll see i'll still do architecture just sure. like monday through but, Wednesday. but that drives but that drives your price up wow Ooh, you know what i'm saying because yeah, you're like hey yeah. listen I, i'm living my best life i got a beach <laughs> life you want to bring me out of air quotes partial retirement it's yeah, gonna cost yeah, yeah. you partial retirement that's nice <laughs> i like that all right i have to keep that in mind <laughs> it drives everything's price up but on the trade-off you just smell like smoke all the time which sounds great until you're living with it 24 7 yeah. So. yeah do you have any dogs or something no we have a cat right okay. now but we didn't see you as a cat guy i'm not I'm not a cat guy but my kids are cat people cool. apparently cat, we, we i, I was not a cat guy until we uh, our, our neighbors in brooklyn had two cats mm-hmm. and 
Turns out I'm a cat guy. Uh, I mean, I love our little cat. He's great. So we had an intern that worked here uh, over the summer, and she fostered kittens. So every three weeks, we'd get new oh, kittens geez, in here. Oh, geez, Louise. Oh, was awesome. Oh, my gosh. And they were like <laughs> four to six weeks old. Some of them were still being bottle fed, and they just walk up. It was, it was <laughs> awesome. And this one came in, and this one was super floofy and so food motivated, and nothing about him has changed. He, I opened up the cupboard the other day to get his food out, and there are claw and bite marks on the side of the bag where he's trying to rip it out of the cupboard. I mean, this is like a five-pound bag of food, and he's just in there just, you know, That's giving so it to what for. So. so anyway, no, I like I like cats. I like cats, but, but no. Yeah, I smell like smoke all the time. I love that. I wanted to ask you, because um, we we – Talk a lot about smoking meat with our client, the chop shop. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you're learning a lot about it as we, the more we're kind of there and go to classes and all that kind of okay, stuff. But yep. what, if you had to give like one tip or one piece of advice to someone yeah. that was trying to start smoking meat at home, yeah. what would it be? Just keep it simple. Like it is, it, 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 there's, a, there's a reason why human beings have been doing it for so long is because it's just so simple. You don't overcomplicate. Like it's, it's, you can't. Yeah, it just, so like you know, don't worry too much about seasoning. Yeah, and all yeah. That so like uh, my brisket recipe is salt and pepper, mm-hmm. and that's it. And yeah. I mean, and I will say my my brisket has won first place two times mm-hmm. at the Knuckle Deep Barbecue Competition. But yeah. uh, but I have a smoker that's relatively decent at smoking brisket as well, mm-hmm. uh, just for that side. But yeah, keep it really simple. You can really smoke in anything. There are people that smoke meats in little Weber kettle grills, like mm-hmm. the little charcoal bag. You can smoke on a gas grill. Uh, there's all kinds of different ways to do it, and don't stress it. Just uh, you know, start with something simple. Go just go buy pre-canned rub. I like for pork. I like Bad Byron's butt rub. It's kind of my favorite one. You can get that at Ingles. Um, it's pretty good. Um, and then uh, just just have fun with it. Don't sweat it too much. But yeah, it's that, that's my that's my mm-hmm. advice. Just get it and do it. Like you can't mess it up. You're just smoking meat. I mean, yeah, you can't burn it. It's that seems to be kind of like part of the uh, ritual of smoking meat too, right? It's just yeah. kind of like relaxing. Yeah. Oh no, letting it do its thing, yeah. having a beer. That's why out. I think it was cultivated more in the south than yeah. up north. Is yeah. We're just a little slower paced. The weather's a little better down here. Right for more of the year so we can hang out outside a little longer. But no, for sure. It is a, like we, I grew up doing it and it was, it was a family thing. Like everybody just hung out around the smoker. You just drink and joke and cut up and kids running around. And so that's what, that's what happens now. We sit in our basement and we watch football and smoke meat or whatever. It's a relaxing time. I'll work on any one of my old ass automobiles that are always broken down. So that's cool. Yeah. Like, are they, Old and cool, or just like I think 80, they're cool, like '87, like you know, suburban. You say that like the '80s were a bad. Well, I, I have, no, I, I don't, so I don't know. Any, I know, I know that there are cool cars, yeah. and I know a cool car when I see one. Yeah, I don't know what a cool car is. What kind of cool cars? Uh, I'm a diesel person, so I have a um, couple of old diesel Mercedes, Mercedes. Mm. I guess it's probably how you that's per, perhaps that's correct, say yes. that. Uh, so I have like a '05. That's my new one. That's the newest automobile I own with 250 thousand miles on it. Cool. I have a 98 with 275, and then I have a excursion, a Ford excursion, which cool. is a diesel as well, with 235 on it. My, so. my grandfather was a truck driver. Uh, oh, yeah. Has like a, I want to say a handful, I might be overshooting it, but about a handful of trucks that he's put over a million miles yeah. on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like That's a, nothing for over the road driver right? cars, yeah. And he's got a couple 
old Mercedes. I mean, not anymore, but he used to drive these Mercedes mm-hmm. diesels yep. with like a telephone in the middle. It was oh, the coolest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it was yeah. the coolest car. Yeah. Um, and he, I mean, his one had like four hundred thousand miles. Oh yeah. They just don't build them like they used to. If you go to Europe, you'll you'll they still have them running around one point yeah. two, one point three million miles. Yeah. He said. So I don't understand how engines work, but he says something about diesels don't have like an explosion every time a piston fires or something like that. They don't use a spark plug. They don't so use they, a spark. Yeah, so they use compression. So it's the idea of a diesel engine. If you squeeze something hard enough, it will blow up. You you take the molecules and rub them together fast enough, and the friction causes them to ignite. And that's how do, that's how a diesel, diesel works. works. Yep. That's As why a, they're not so great in the winter, because everything's cold. Mm. That's why they smoke like hell, too. So At least the old ones. New ones are way better. Cleaner diesel. Yep. Interesting. Very fun. Uh, so th- this started by saying, you know, w- the pork future and yeah, smoking pork futures. What, what's the future? <laughs> pork bellies and orange futures. I feel like we're in movie trading places <laughs> right now. So, what is the what is the future? What does 2020 and beyond look like for uh, form and function? Um, you know, I like to say we're hopeful, but yeah, we're pretty optimistic. I mean, it's. Um, we continue to get pretty cool clients despite our best efforts. And so uh, we do projects that are probably usually a little left to center, so I expect that to keep going. Uh, We're looking forward to this River Arts District project happening one day, and so maybe 2020 will be the year that it happens. Maybe not, but it's one of those large ones that if it happened, it would occupy the whole office for about six months. So um, I I think it's... it's, uh, the economy itself, I think, will be fine for another year if we're look, talking like from the business side of things. I think 2021 is really when, if we see any dip, it'll be it'll probably be then. But yeah, we're we're pretty busy for for right now and for the short foreseeable future. But we're just going to keep having fun, doing funky projects, explaining to people why they shouldn't build out of shipping containers. Well, it, asking the question of whether they should build out of a shipping container or not. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I think that's that's probably going to be 2020 in a nutshell. And not to make this about my world, but what I heard you say is like winter is coming. Yeah, yeah, I would right. say yeah. It yeah, it comes eventually. So winter yeah. winter is coming. Yeah. You're you're a Stark, and I'm wondering. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely of, of everybody in the Game of Thrones. <laughs> I'm for sure a Stark. So yeah. if winter's going, like, are I you? I might be a wildling. Let me take that back. I'm probably <laughs> I'm probably a wildling. The wall if I had to guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do seem like a wildling. Yeah. Again, everybody wants to be like Jon Snow. You're not Jon Snow. You're really like you know the bearded, the redheaded. Yeah, you're Sam. Yeah. Samwise. Yeah. Or no, that's uh, Lord, of the, Lord of the Rings. But. Okay. But they're both Sams, both the like guy, like mm-hmm. the right hand man or yeah. Sams. But I might be more of a Hodor actually. Now that I'm, <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, anyway, so we're gonna give point. you a quiz. Uh, yeah. Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones quiz. quiz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like all of a sudden we're we're uh, what was that news outlet that would just ask people quizzes and stuff? Like Buzzfeed. Oh Buzzfeed. yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah, is a, yeah. we're all of a sudden yeah. Buzzfeed for Asheville. That's all right. They make a lot of money. They didn't. Did, well, yeah. So sorry, I got we. Yeah. We're sorry, yeah. Okay. I digress. Winter is coming. As a business owner, are you yeah. doing things to think about the winter? Like, are you we in a conversation with, for example, Atlas Branding? We heard a lot about like they save a lot so that the, if there are dips, they're yeah. prepared for it. Like, have you what have you learned about running a business? Yeah, and potentially yeah. cash flow things. So yeah, so that's a uh, that's one of the reasons we probably stay across those three genre or 
uh, industries of state construction, commercial, and private residential. And so why we stay active in those three different markets, because in general, they don't all go down at the same time. It would, it would, it would be very, very bad for like, things would be really bad if all three of those, just the bottom fell out of them at the same time, because that means the government has no money, the, the private sector has no money and everyone's concerned about housing. Which, at the end of you know the Great Recession, was kind of the situation until it started kind of ticking up. Um, but for for us, from a business standpoint, we've kind of diversified um, um, that way, kind of like Wu Tang Financial. You got to diversify your bonds, and so uh, uh, we've we've kind of split out, and then having three different markets between Asheville, Rock Hill, and Charleston. And so that's been good from a from a from a more pragmatic business sense. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're not in a super fancy office. Like, I mean, it's a nice office. It's way better than our last one, um, but it, uh, it the overhead's pretty low. And so we run we run pretty small on that regard. We don't have super fancy um, equipment or super fancy uh, furniture or anything like that. So we we try to to minimize that. What we need to do to need need to do to to do our job well. But we try not to kind of like be any more than that so love that so when we think about Asheville and food and uh i'm wondering what comes to mind i mean we're good yeah, to transition you're, I mean, towards you're Asheville. huge food so i like i love like that's i always am the person when people want to know where to eat in Asheville, they ask me and so uh because i eat a lot i guess i eat out a lot but yeah i would love to know what what are you because y'all are relatively new to Asheville. yeah we just hit seven months okay what what are y'all? What do you we what what do y'all think are the OG spots here in oh, Asheville? OG, we yeah, can't yeah. pretend to know anything about. I would love to know like your perspective. So when you think about Asheville dining, what do you think about? Well, I have to say this: that when we first moved here, we I mean every podcast guest that we've yeah. ever had, we ask you know where do you go to eat or oh, where okay. do you take people to yeah. go to eat. So like that's kind of what has been informing a lot. Ah, of our, okay, cool. Um, if you're going on a date tonight and it's going to be a fancy date, where are you going? Anniversary tonight? Where are you going? We I love Cucina Twenty Four because okay. I love Italian food and yeah. I'm like so glad that there is this little authentic Italian gym in okay. town. Um, which is different, which is different mm-hmm. than like a, a pizza joint or like a chicken parm yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, chicken yeah. parm is not the type it's of Italian Sarah's different talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're gonna go like regular date, it's Friday night. Where are you gonna go eat? It's a good question. In the summer, we yes, like, in the say, summer, yeah, summer. like it's, we it's would go, too, yeah. yeah, we would go to like Zilicoa and like okay. have like a taco. I'd, with I'd put a hurting on Tagarina Munas. Tagarina Munas. Those like yeah, that like yeah, yeah. Like if we could be outside and just have something mm-hmm. casual like that, that's yeah. kind of like our a good night. But in the winter, I'm trying to think. There's there's just so many good places. Know, We've hard. been to a lot. We go to places that are near our house, you know, Taco Temple, Kenshin, okay. yep, yep. Waterbird. We go hit all of those okay. a lot just because they're so close to us. Yeah. Sarah cooks a lot. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I, nice. for our pizza in town, we um, were leaning towards uh, All Souls uh-huh. as like the closest thing to like a Neapolitan, which is our preferred style of okay. pizza. Um, I have a sweet spot for one of our guests at Derek Harry and the like the chef's table at rhubarb. Uh-huh. Yeah. Lo- mm-hmm. I like I love being yep. right up in it and the guts and they run a really fun kitchen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we love the roux for breakfast. Oh yeah, there there are biscuits. biscuits, yes. Like I'm a huge biscuit That's person. Like I'm I'm legit 
Southern when yeah. it comes you, to the biscuits. Do you, do you think that, I mean, they're... Oh, they're good. Yeah, they're very good. So, uh, so they use Benton's products there. Are y'all familiar with the Benton's bacon and Benton's ham? So, yeah, well, yeah the Chop Shop has yeah. some Benton's. Yeah, so the... Uh, uh, oh, Chef Fleer, his wife, his father-in-law basically runs Benton's uh, bacon or runs Benton's smoking farms, and so uh, yeah, he's got some great stories about that place. You should ask, but uh, but yeah, that they, they use some high quality meat down at the root. So I'm a fan of of that. But we we agree that the thing that made the Derek Harry like relationship start for us was they had a I always forget the bird. It was a bone bone. Semi boneless coil. Quail. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it had the breastbone. All of it. All of the inside. All the legs. Mm -hmm. So all four limbs were still on. All the skin. Yeah. Like I expected for the bones to be missing, that it would look like Frankenstein. Like they had to suture it back together. Boneless chicken farms just everywhere. (laughs) Dude, I don't know. (laughs) I had no idea how. Like I was like, I need to know how this happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And our server was like, I don't know, but that guy does. And I was like, Can I? Can I? Can I go up and talk to him? Yeah. That's no, awesome. Derek's our friend. Awesome. Yeah, no, that's a great spot. I'm cool. a fan. I actually had a meeting this morning at the Rue. So they have the pimento cheese grits. Mm, Very good. Yeah. Breakfast. I'm a grits nerd too. I get out on, on that. So, so uh, I mean, that was a, those are from the hips. Those are some of our yeah, picks. What, okay. what stands out for you? Where? Uh, depends. So, like, I, I eat out a lot. Um, I try, I, I get a good friend who says, I try not to pick up a fork unless someone else is paying for it. And so I, I adopt that whenever I can. So I try to have as many business meetings while eating, but the IRS has changed their meals and entertainment, uh, tax allowance yeah. for businesses, mm-hmm. which kind of stinks, but I'll still figure it out. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, uh I, I kind of like some mixed drinks with my stuff, but I am an older guy, so uh, Sovereign Remedies is a good one for me. I like that. Um, Copper Crown out in East Asheville is, I mean, they're a client of ours, but uh, he was the executive chef at Zombers for a number of years, and so they run a really good really good thing out there. Um, I'm trying to think if we were going to go. We kind of, my, my wife and I usually break it up in a geographic region. Like, where do you want to eat? Downtown, West mm. Asheville, East Asheville, mm-hmm. North Asheville. Right. So. There used to be a long time ago, there was a long time, it was like four or five years ago, there was a place in Leicester, and it was called the Rock House Restaurant, and it's on Old Leicester Highway, and it's literally in an old house, and it's like half a mile from Irwin High School, and it was run by a husband and wife, and he was a, I think a lighting guy out in California, and so he would get these contracts to go do movies and do light rigging, and then he would come back, and him and his wife would just run this restaurant for fun, and it was amazing it was all farm to table and they just made whatever they made they didn't have a menu you just walked in and they just started feeding you and so that one it was really inexpensive but that one of all the restaurants those are the ones i'm that's the one i missed the most and wish that one was still around but yeah now you can find me at pretty much any restaurant anywhere in Asheville. so uh, there's a lot of things it's i just don't i eat everything and i eat a lot of everything yeah so there's so much great Great. There's so many great places yeah, that if, we yeah, often yeah. have a hard time picking where we're going to go. And it's ruined you. Like, so you go anywhere else and like, oh, here's some great restaurant you're eating. You're like, mm. yeah, I mean, and so, you know, Sarah liked to say it more. I had no, I had no concern that we were going to run out of places or that places weren't going to be yeah. good. Um, coming from New York where there is a, you know, multiple restaurants on yeah. every block, yeah. everywhere that you could, you can't open at all hours. Open all the time. Yes. Yeah. Like there was, there was two a in the morning. You want to get like 
Lebanese food, not yeah. a problem. Not a problem. So there was a concern that there would may, maybe be a lack of like maybe options. We're overwhelmed still yeah. with the amount of options in this little this little town, this little yeah. gem hidden in the, not hidden, but uh, it's been really fun trying to explore and try new places. So if you were to go like, because you're, you're an eater and you've expressed that you're a volume eater, I if you want to put a hurting oh. on volume, yeah. How about that as a as a limiter for where you're thinking mm-hmm. of food? Oh, you gotta go. You gotta go to Mela, Mela for lunch. Get that buffet. Oh, it's it's painful. Like, or and so uh, you can on your birthday eat for free at the Asiana Grand Buffet on Hendersonville Road. And I have a good friend who on his birthday that's what he decides to do, and he we 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 go with him. And so we try to see how many plates we can get. And it, it hurts. It legitimately physically hurts. Like I, I'll come back and I'll just lay on the ground in the <laughs> office like, and just roll and wallow in my misery. So, um, but yeah, if I'm trying to eat high quality food, yeah, yeah. I'll, go, I'll go to Mela if I'm looking just to embarrass myself, which is why I can't have a, a lunch meeting there because I got to go to the gym and not throw up all over myself. But uh, yeah, Asiana Grand Buffet, cool. you're, trying to, you're trying to hit it real because you can get anywhere from sushi to like Thai food there. So they painted it painted with a wide brush on. Oh, Asiana. oh yeah, man. They, they, they're all encompassing over there at Asiana. So yeah, that was yeah, that's probably. Well, I wanted to ask the magic wand question. Oh, what's the magic wand question? That sounds uh, exciting. I know it is exciting. So the question is, if if we had a magic wand, yeah. or someone in our audience had mm. a magic wand, yeah, what would you ask for? It can be literally anything. Huh. Magic wand. I sound world peace is probably a little bit too big, too grand of an idea. But uh, I would probably say, if I was going to be selfish, I would probably say that I would ask for a way to uh, help people for the rest of my life without worrying about how I'm going to pay my mortgage. Mm. You know, that's that's one of the things. Because there's a lot of, we have clients who are, financially free like they 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 don't worry about anything related to money and so some of them handle that very very well they have very great existences and they do very great things because they have that freedom now we do have some who who are worriers and they just worry no matter what and so i think the the people that that I would want to kind of emulate seem to have that type of margin in their life. They have extra time, they have extra finances, they have extra relationship energy. So it's not like they're burning the candle on both ends. So I would probably, if I was going to be selfish, I would ask for that. Uh, if I was going to be unselfish, you know, I'd probably I'd probably get a magic wand and ask everybody to kind of just chill out a little bit and enjoy life a little bit more. So. Just serve a barbecue around the world, make people happy. No, I don't want to serve around the world. I just want the whole world to come to me and eat the barbecue. Heard. So. <laughs> make it a destination. <laughs> so like that. Jones yeah. Barbecue. Yeah. But, okay. I love that. That's a good yeah. question. Yeah, it's, it's, I think that's... Um, I was just thinking of the hierarchy of needs, right? Yeah, like you yeah. Kinda, no, when yeah. you have the basics, then it's like you can start actually thinking about other people. Yeah. You know, how you can serve them. So that's a good answer. No, that's a very telling question. How you answer that is, yeah, it's pretty telling. Yeah. Your perspective. Yeah. Nice. Well, I do. We do have a, a couple of questions from our Instagram oh, I would love. Stories. I would love to hear. 
Are, are they all appropriate for air? Because they're, they're I was side texted a few of them that they were thinking about submitting. And I was like, oh, you can do anything you want. But so okay. I know this one is the I think the the most PG of the ones that I saw. <laughs> but um, Miles, the people need to know: Are you a boxer or a brief guy? And oh. I, I'm I'm my uh, thought, okay. and I said I at least thirty one percent, close to a third. So you might be commando. You're you're a wild man. <laughs> Depends on the day. Is that the <laughs> right answer? Uh, no, I'm firmly a, uh, a boxer guy. And uh, a few years ago, I did an informal survey of all my friends because I was gifted a pair of boxer briefs yeah. uh, by my wife for Christmas that did not have uh, the access hole in the front. They were style underwear. I didn't realize that there was they were meant for looking at. They weren't meant for using. And <laughs> not so, form and function. No, not form and function at all. So I texted all my bros. I'm like, guys, like, all right, first of all, has this ever happened to you? And everybody's like, man. Then it started the whole discussion of boxer. Uh, well, let me back up one step. I was complaining to a friend about how, because it didn't have an access hole, I couldn't use the zipper in my pants. I had to unbuckle, unzip, and then pull down to use the restroom. And he's like, well, what do you mean? I was like, man, that's weird. He's like, well, that's how I do it. And I was like, what the? You do it? And so this this. And so I texted 100 of my friends, close to 100. It yeah. went on for like a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And I asked boxers or briefs. I asked if you unzipped, unbuckled, uh, or whatever. And yeah. so it almost universally, it was, very, it was very interesting. If you wear boxers, you unzip. If you wear briefs, you unbuckle and pull down. That's so interesting. Yeah. I remember one of the childhood moments. I have a cousin who grew up without a father. Okay. And I remember we were in that we were doing a urinal pee, and oh. he dropped trout to his ankles. Yep. Uh huh. That happens. Right? Yeah. And and uh-huh. like yep. and my dad it was amazing. It was like this weird. I I remember it as like a, oh man, he doesn't. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. Yeah. So like my dad was like, oh, you know, you just you don't have to go all the way down. I, and so that that was the whole the whole unbuckle thing for me and pull down was like this is strange. People do this and like well yeah. It's a it's a very anyway, interesting. So, yeah. Wow. So we got more than we bargained yeah. for on the boxer briefs. So boxers, um, I'm a cool. boxers guy, yeah, for sure. With a with a button, with a button, no closure. No, no. I, no. I not only wear ex officio oh. boxers. Yeah, those are the only ones I wear high, outside high of the performance, gym. High performance yeah. boxer. Right yeah, there. I'm a high performance kind of guy. I don't know. I like the way they feel, uh, but yeah, those are the only ones I buy. They're on sale at Mass General right now for forty percent off. In case you need to know, <laughs> probably this, not by the time this, this yeah, comes out. Not when this comes out. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, Sarah, do you, I feel like it might be more interesting coming from you. Do you, I remember the other question. Do you want to ask that? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so the other question came from oh, our friends at Strength Ratio. Oh. Um, and they are, you know, clearly a joking, but they mm-hmm. said, why are you such an asshole? <sighs> you know, I don't think I'm one. That's the, I think that's the trick to being an asshole. Uh, but no, it's, it's, it goes back to the quote from Vanilla Sky, you know, it's just not without the bitter, the sweet just isn't as sweet. And so, <laughs> If I I I, uh, I hide my insecurities and sarcasm, and so uh, I'm very good at it, and so I do that. So when I uh, give you a compliment, maybe it feels a little bit better uh, than me being mean to you. But yeah, it's uh, it's totally an insecurity thing. That's why I'm such yeah. an asshole. So. Well, I don't I don't get the asshole. Um vibe from mm. you at all but mm. maybe i haven't seen the yeah you hang around picture. long enough it happens it <laughs> happens so that's fun um cool so i mean that those were the two that we had highlighted as okay that's questions good i'm glad the because they could have they could have gone very yeah people could ask they more. could have yeah they could have been very so the bad, the one oh, you know what uh there was one other question came in late yeah in, okay. in, the, in the bonus rounds all right um 
What's up with your website's domain? Which one? Uh, form and functions domain. What, what's wrong with it? I, I heard that you had a chance to actually purchase form and function mm-hmm. architecture. Yes. And it was woefully expensive. Oh, like, okay. Yeah, it was really expensive. Was it like, uh, my understanding was that it might have been some, like it might have been available and then someone bought it and jacked the price uh-huh. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A like, squatter. So I didn't realize this, but this happens apparently sometimes in the digital world. People monitor uh, searches, searches for domain names. Yes. And I was like, form, and when we rebranded, uh, Atlas rebranded from Alexander Design Studio, the form and function, we were going through and looking at names, looking at websites. And we're like, form, like form and function, that's it. We'll get it. We're all sitting around the table, and I'm like, okay. And so I reach out to the guy. I was like, hey, can I get it? And they're like, yeah, it'd be $25,000. And I was like, what? You want it or not? And they had registered like literally days before we were trying to get it. So... Uh, yeah, it was, it, it's just one of those things where you, you, the best laid plans and you just kind of have to roll with it when it comes, especially when it comes to rebranding. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was, that was a fun little, that was a long time ago. Yeah. I, I heard that it's now Farkitech. For Fark, yeah, for Farkitecture. <laughs> FF Architecture. It's awful. <laughs> it's so <laughs> awful. Yeah, it's so awful. But, um. No, it's great. But that um, is, honestly, that's a, that's a great learning moment. We, I've said it a couple times on the podcast because there's a tendency when people are like, oh, I have this great idea. I'm going to go, let me Google to see if that domain yep. exists. Yeah. I don't know exactly how you did it, but what I always try and tell people is like, go to whois.com yes. yeah. and see if it's registered yep. versus go to Google yep. and search it. Because whether it's a human or a robot, there are yep. people that, there are ways to Because probably buy. what happened is, yeah, I searched it. Emily here in the office searched it. Um, Dean and Lisa probably searched it a few times and it probably hit some algorithm and, Someone's like, bang, buy it. Yeah. 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 There's a, yeah, it's really. But I did, on the same note, and turnaround's fair play, when I was in college, I bought a website domain called rateyourprofessor.com, and I did sell it for quite a large amount in like 2000 and. Probably seven. Six? Yeah. I think yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Wow. I, I, did anyone, they built on that. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was, like, yeah, yeah. Was, like, that was a thing. Yeah. I used to look on there uh-huh. to see what professors yeah, I, ratings I, I, I was the first person to register rateyourprofessor.com. I just had the domain. I didn't have anything else. Yeah. Savvy. Yeah. yeah. No, I was so dumb. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I got it. So. Wow. Okay. Um, last question. This is something that I've been trying to ask everybody. When you think about community yes. and Asheville, those two words, Yeah. what happens? Personal or business community? Both, maybe. Eh, I, I mean, I, I don't live in the city of Asheville limits anymore. I live in Woodfin, and so my community is a little different outside of that. But I would say probably in, in the Asheville community for me is much more business owners and um, friends in that regard. So when I think about that, I do think about Asheville as a network of small businesses. We're not a huge city, so we don't have we don't have a lot of industry. We don't have a lot of technology. We don't have a lot of anything. So, except I guess a lot of restaurants. But so it, it's it's a lot of small businesses, and it's a lot of people doing what they want to do. They live here because they want to live here, not because they kind of have to. So I think about. You know, the people I know from from as clients or people that I've met at the gym who are, are clients too. And so uh, I just think about those Those are like, those are my everyday. Those are who I see when I go and eat lunch. Those are who I run into on the street, like Dean and Lisa. I'm just walking around and run into them. So that I think is what uh, is the great thing about Asheville is that it is 
a lot of 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 people just living life the way they want. Um, and so they tend to be a little happier about that, about life in that regard. So, yeah, I think that's what, what I think of when I think of community in Nashville. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. That comes up a lot. I think, um, a lot of our guests have said the same thing that you said, which is people live here because they want to be here. Yeah. I think that's really magical. Yeah. There's something powerful in that. And we've unpacked it in a couple different ways over the conversation so far. And one of it is like that, that is the essence of, I guess, what we're trying to unpack here and, and making it in Nashville is like, if you're here because you want to be, how many, like, how hard do you have to work to make the work work? Well, and so, you know? that, yeah, that was one thing I was thinking about on the, the way here is like, I don't think you can, I don't think you can make it in Nashville. I think you can just do okay-ish in Nashville sometimes. Yeah. And so that's what you kind of have to, again, we're just not a big city. It's not like New York where there's, mm-hmm. you know, millions of people and lots of money and it's flowing back and forth between people. Like, you know, people live pretty simple lives around here. So mm-hmm. it, nobody's like really, nobody's out here trying, nobody's moving to Nashville trying to be the next, you know, Bill Gates. So I think, I think our community's better for that. So I guess in a way, yes, you're making it in Nashville. Uh, sometimes you're just doing all right. That's in but that's <laughs> that is to us. That's making it. I mean, we yeah. outside in we're and we're hoping to eventually be on the inside, yeah. looking out. But yeah. um, outside in, just just being like being able to not make mortgage payments and cont- and and still you persist, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. And still you yeah. persist, and still you persist, and then. You know, you make the payments and, and, yeah, and you, you, you figure it out. Up. You yeah. know, and you, and you figure, figure it out. out. And I think that that is, we get to t- speak to people who've been at it for 10 years, but honestly, a lot of our audience is not at it yet for yeah. 10 years. Yeah. And might be, you know, feeling the squeeze of, is this going to work? Is it worth it? Should I, should I have moved here or should I move here? Yeah. And I think, um, I think that you're exactly right. You're not in Asheville to be Bill Gates. Or maybe even Warren Buffett, or the next giantist uh, tech mogul. Yeah, but that's not to say that you can't live a life that that is of service and um, scratches your own itch and yeah. uh, is worth it. I don't know. That's my that's my hope. That's what we're working towards. Yeah, dang lang, awesome. All part of a complete conversation. Now uh, that for the easy stuff. Yeah. Where do people find you on the internet? Uh, FFarchitecture.com. So that's F as in form, F as in function, architecture.com. Uh, Instagram is form.function.architecture, I believe. I think that's right. Yeah. You know, I'm 40. Yeah. I'm not good at computers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I sell it today. It's yeah. form.function.architecture. Form. Yeah. We'll, we'll have links to those. Mm-hmm. I think the grams is FF underscore architecture. Or not uh, not the grams. The, Twitter. Yeah. The tweets. The tweets. <laughs> Maybe the Facebooks. The faces. I don't know. Do people even use the book of faces anymore? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. That's a yeah, good question. I, I use social media to troll my friends, really. Anytime they post something where they're thinking they're being great, I just try to so break them down. For a while. Oh, man. Okay. For a while, I didn't know. I didn't know that Six Miles was you. Uh, I didn't understand what it was. But well, it, I come from a town called Six Miles. Right. Yeah. But I, I, I was like, there's a little boy is the picture. <laughs> oh, right? yeah, and a little then, dude in a tank and top. Then, yeah. Yeah, and then there's like, that, you know, yeah. anytime Zach would post something, it would just, it would be a troll. And I'm like, is this? A real account. Like, yeah. what is this? Yeah. 
Good. That's exactly, that's the exact intent I'm trying to <laughs> convey. So good. Perfect. Thank you for validating my entire social media. This is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Miles' uh, third job is trolling. Internet <laughs> troll. need help, I'm good with that. That's where the asshole side comes in handy. So yeah, I, I can be for hire. I love that. Well, thank um, you guys. Yeah, it's been great. In episode 39 with Miles Alexander, was that a thrill ride or was that a thrill ride? <laughs> I feel like like you could do a drinking game in this episode. The amount of times that we were just giggling, <laughs> you'd have to drink. It would be a great, oh great game. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and so thank you, Miles. Thank you, listener, for uh, making it through that. We really enjoyed that. I think um, so. My, I know Miles from uh, the gym, and so getting this other side, this like professional background, and the story was really helpful for me to like round out the character. I learned a ton and, and if only uh, to get on the same page with you and think about like, all right, well, like how, how battened down on the hatches can we get if we need to weather a financial storm to make this thing work? Yeah, I, I, I was really surprised because I thought architects are... Like rolling our, in money, our right? Pediatric orthodontist. Yeah, no, exactly. So it's like it was really, um, I guess, a reality check in a good way, mm-hmm. and it made me feel like okay, everything's going to be okay. Everything will be okay. Yeah. So thank you uh, for listening this far, friend, listener. We wanted to just take a second to say, if you did enjoy this episode, please let us know by liking, reviewing subscribing on Apple Podcasts. That's the de facto place to do it. Um, It takes a moment, and there should be links in the podcast player that you're on. Uh, Let us know with either five stars or a quick comment uh, that you liked the episode. Thank you in advance. And if you want to know more information about some of the things that we talked about in this episode, like people or places that were mentioned, uh, links to Miles' business and other works that he's done, we've included all of that on the show notes page, which you can find at makingitinashville.com forward slash 039. So it's just the episode number after our main website. And don't go anywhere because we have some really exciting event news Probably should have said that at the very beginning of the post episode, but we have some events coming up that we want to let you know about. The first one is a uh, it's a social event for Asheville makers, for you listener, for anyone that you think is also fun and cool and you want to hang out with. We are having a what we're calling Monday Maker Mixer, and we are hosting it at the uh, newly named Bottle Riot in uh, River Arts. We can we have all the links to that on our events page. So making it in Asheville forward slash events, and you'll see the first Monday Mixer Maker Maker Mixer. And if you are in the future not listening to this right away, we will have more events in the future. So forward slash events is going to help you out. We look forward to seeing you there, and are really 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 excited about bringing the community together in flesh and blood in real life and our second event is our beginners podcasting workshop which will be held towards the end of february you can go to making forward slash events to learn more about the dates timings and locations um, this is a great workshop if you are looking to launch your podcast and you need some help sort of jumpstarting that and getting a better sense of what the next steps are and how you can do that in the most fast and efficient way possible. We're going to be sharing with you a lot of the things that we have learned over the past eight or 
seven or eight months that we've been podcasting, um, the goal of this workshop will really be able to give you everything that you need to do your podcast today um, rather than having to figure it out the long, hard way like we did. Yeah. And we have businesses that are joining. We have people that seem to be starting Passion Project podcasts. And so the uh, space is limited. We have only uh, the availability for 10 guests. We're about halfway there already. So if you do hear this and are interested, at the very least, reach out to us to ask us about it. Um, and at the most, please sign up. Again, you'll find the link on making it in Asheville forward slash events or event. Making it Asheville.com forward slash events. Yes, all of that. <laughs> all of the rest of the making it Asheville.com forward slash. Um, and then the last thing, Sarah. Yeah. Uh, well, the second to last thing. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So again, as a reminder, this podcast is brought to you by our very own marketing agency, Making It Creative. Uh, we help passionate small business owners here in Asheville, as well as all over the country, to help clarify their message, uh, tell better stories, and communicate with their customers in a more meaningful way that can help them convert into more customers. Yeah, and that is the name of the game for us. We really want to help you uh, grow sales, grow revenue, and then grow uh, profit. So like it is a, it's marketing for what reason to grow businesses, not to get more likes and, uh, followers on Instagram, though. Yeah. That's cool. The last, last, last thing is Wait, that it, to learn more about that. Visit making I am in such a hurry to tell you <laughs> to tell us about Chill over okay. there. <laughs> yes. To learn more about that, making it creative.com. So mm -hmm. we are making it in Asheville. The marketing company that backs us up is making it creative makingitcreative.com is where you'll learn all about our business. Um, I'm not even going to say the last thing, Sarah. <laughs> Finally, if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the podcast, know that you can always nominate them at makingitinashville.com forward slash podcast. We're always looking for new guests. Um, we are planning out the next season and seasons after that. We have a huge long list of guests that we want to interview. So please, 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 if, if you know someone that you think would be interesting guests in an industry that maybe we haven't done before, please nominate them. You know where to find us. Perfect. All right. That was uh, episode 39. The next episode is episode forty. It's crazy to think that the first episode of season two was like as far away as the first episode was from that first episode. Can you think about it? It's hard to hold You on always to. give these weird like I like know. number like, oh, oh, remember when this and like we're, we are now like five weeks closer to the I'm like, what is going yeah. on? But you're right. It does feel like. We're turning 40 in a way. We're turning 40. We're not, this is like middle, mid eight. Like this is going to be the sweet spot. People say that their birthday in their 20s is a mess. 30s <laughs> is like real, like you're trying to save money. 40s is when stuff starts going really cool and you're having cookouts and inviting people over. And some kids have, or friends have kids. And so the 40s, I think, are going to be a good 10 episodes for us. Anyway, thank you for listening this far. We loved it. I hope you did too. And we'll see you in the next episode. Sarah, high five. High five.